for tuning in to Daters Gonna Date. This is your favorite Irish dating podcast where we talk ghosting, puff, bumble, tinder, bad dates, good dates, and everything in between. Stay tuned for laughs, some tears, and definitely some good stories. to episode 14 of Daters Gonna Date with myself, Roisin. And me as usual, Nicola. We have got a very, very special guest on today uh, discussing matchmaking. This is something that came up, a couple of people actually Instagrammed us, Nicola, about this, uh, querying about whether we get a matchmaker on. Also, there was that show on Netflix, I don't know if you've watched it, um, Indian Matchmaker, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I heard that everybody was mad about it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very, there are some issues or whatever behind it because of uh, cast issues and race and stuff like that. But it just really sparked an interest in me and uh, Nicola and we thought we would investigate a little a little deeper uh, <laughs> into the whole matchmaking world. Not something I would have ever considered no, I, I think I, I think you'll hear from me probably throughout this interview that I thought matchmaking was for people in their 50s. Uh, plus, I didn't realize that it was for people like myself and Roe. So uh, <laughs> we caught up with Maraid from Love HQ. She's a matchmaker. She's been doing this for a few years now. And by all accounts, I'll, she'll tell you her story. But it seems to me like she's pretty successful at it. Yeah. So we let Maraid take over from here then. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. Not too bad. And yourself? Good. I'm great. Thank you. A couple of people on Instagram kind of DM'd us a message just and said uh, they'd be interested in us talking to a matchmaker. So I did a little search and your name popped up. Uh, I don't know if you just want to tell maybe the listeners like a little bit about yourself or a little bit about Love HQ. Yeah, so basically I've been, uh, I've sent over five and a half thousand people on dates since 2016. Um, I do one-to-one personalized matchmaking, yeah. Uh, I do one-to-one personalized matchmaking, which is obviously the most popular side of what I do. But um, I suppose a few years ago, I started these dating events called A Table for Six, where I send three single ladies and three single men on group dinner dates all over Ireland. So we've had a huge amount of success at both. It's the third week of this month and actually we've already had three engagements this month. So um, I, it's, it's really, oh yeah, we've had a huge amount of success. I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of people that go to matchmaking, your matchmakers, you know. Um, I, I think it's kind of something that a lot of people are quiet about. But yeah, we've had a huge amount of um, success. When I say we, there's myself and I have an assistant here in the office as well. And um like I meet every single one of my clients in person. It's 100% confidential. Uh, I arrange all of their dates for them. So I actually book the restaurant under the gentleman's name at each time, uh, swap over each other's telephone numbers. They go off on their date. And then after each of the dates then as well, I contact them, them to see how they get on. So if there's any feedback, uh, if they decide they get on like a house on fire, we make sure that they have another date arranged. Or if it's a case, that they say to me, lovely guy, lovely girl. We chatted all night. We were there chatting for ages, but I don't know if there's enough romantic connection. That's also okay. 
and we'll arrange, uh, you know, I just, I'll ask them lots of questions to make sure we get a better match for them the next time. The thing, I'm um, just being honest, Marie, the first thing when I think of matchmaking, I always think of older people who maybe go to a matchmaker and <clears throat> um, not even the list in Varna end, but maybe I suppose um, when you're in our 30s and I always would associate that with maybe late 40s, 50s. But the table for yeah. six thing, I know loads of people who have done that. So I suppose I never really associated the idea that that actually is a matchmaker who puts yeah. them together. It's funny, um, I suppose people, there's kind of different stages uh, in people's kind of dating life cycle, we'll say. So when, our, when we're 18, 19, 20, we'll say, you know, we none of our friends are married and settled down and we kind of have to pick the bunch and we're all heading off to college and everything like that. Then right throughout our 20s, I suppose we're trying to establish a career. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of felt like I'd be married with kids in my own business and like fabulous house and like mm-hmm. sports car and all this stuff by the time I turned 30. Yeah. Next yeah, yeah. yeah, your 30th birthday is looming and you're like, uh, okay, shit just got real. I need to like move it on a bit, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, and I think people don't realize how difficult it is to date and it can be quite difficult. Um, I think, you know, the more traditional ways of people asking you out or a guy asking you out on a date, like it's very rare these days that someone will ask you out and date mm-hmm. because we have become so dependent on social media. They'll ask you your second name so they can stalk you on Facebook and send you a friend request before they'll ask you for your number sometimes, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is. So really, you know, a lot of people, like I know when my parents got married, my mum was 23 and my dad's 24. Um, and like here I am in my mid-30s or whatever, like going to loads of weddings of my friends, you know, or they're just having their first babies and stuff like that. So like even within that one generation, there is such a big leap in age that there is for kind of these big life changing things and everything like that. So people have been uh, looking at their career and everything like that. And it kind of really what I would find is when people kind of get to about 30, that's when they're like, you know what? I really would like to get this show on the road and I would like to meet my real person. And it's from that kind of age group upwards that uh, that the matchmaking properly starts, we would say. <clears throat> I do have a few people in their late 20s, but from that age on. But if you look really then as well, if you compare it then to fertility, which is obviously a huge point as well for a lot of people that are looking to meet somebody. Um, like we're, we are, there's obviously a certain level of biological aspect of it both for females and for men don't seem to think this, but for men as well, you know, um, the quality of sperm over the age of 40 um, it can bring its own risks and everything like that as well. So really in society today, we have such a small window if we want to get all these things done, but we want to get our career sorted and we've given it enough time that we thought we were going to bump into somebody organically. So yeah, the perception might be there that matchmakers or people that come to matchmakers are a little bit, uh, older but I would actually say it's kind of from 30 onwards yeah because I think a lot of people spend their 20s as well maybe traveling and you know kind of letting loose and having fun and then myself and Nicola both went traveling in Australia and then by the time you get back and then you get your career sorted then you're kind of like oh shite (laughs) like you might have missed that while you're away (laughs) maybe your friends got married or whatever I, you, or sometimes you feel like you're going at the right pace for yourself or whatever, you know, you're like, oh, I've just got back from traveling and I've got a job and I'm focusing on that. And then you turn yeah. around one day and all your friends are engaged or having babies and you're like, and suddenly, as you mentioned, the biological clock is ticking and, you know, we're yeah. in our early thirties and we're just like, hold on. Suddenly it's like the pressure is there like never before. 
Absolutely. And it's like, um, there is no age. And like, I think it's important to say there is no right age to be doing anything. So we're not trying to terrorize people, you know, by scaring them into anything. But I do think there's no harm in thinking about things and knowing where your life is going and what you would like your life to be. You know, you're not going to get in the car on a random Sunday morning and just drive. Now, look, we've all probably done it at stages, but, you know, you have a much better day, we'll say, out. And it's the same with life. If you have some level of where you'd like to go and what you'd like to do and all these different things. Um, But yeah, like I went off and did the traveling thing. I was actually a financial advisor for years. um, And like I was a financial advisor right throughout the recession when that hit. So like really at the time I had to concentrate in my career. Like, and that's where a lot of like my clients are single. And they're young professionals or they're professionals that possibly had started a business, had either that or had gotten a mortgage for a house um, like probably a little bit beyond their means but they could get it you know and all these things and all of a sudden like they the economy crashed and everything like that and they had to put their head down and like really work to kind of keep all these balls in the air and everything like that so um, yeah sometimes people come to me and they're just like I just don't know where the last 10 years went or a lot of people then as well are commuting so they're doing their 40 hour a week Um job but also they might be commuting up and down like I'm originally from Mullingar so I was working in Dublin I was living in Mullingar I was commuting up I had to be in work for nine and I had to be home you know like finished work around half five and that's if you walked out the door of the office on the on time but like you've two hours commuting I decided that so that's an extra 20 hours a week onto your week on top of your 40 hour working week and everything like that where is the time and where's the actual energy you have to meet people at that stage like when you get out the weekend the last thing you want to be doing is like chatting up with a guy or a girl or any of this sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, it is. And like a lot of people come to me and they're just like, look, it just just didn't meet the right person. And I, I genuinely believe this. A lot of people that come to me just didn't meet the right person along the way or they had to focus their attention on something else. They had to change their priorities for the few years beforehand. Yeah. Do you find, Mariah, like that some people come to you that they're like kind of exhausted or exasperated with the kind of dating apps or the online dating that you just find they're kind of fed up with that kind of scene? I don't think people give single people that are trying to find love enough credit for how emotionally exhausting it can actually be like we you meet oh, somebody thank you Marie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really don't I honestly don't like for me like I was single and that's kind of how I got into this I've been matching people for years and um, just organically through life and everything like that and I just thought to myself like I'm an outgoing kind of extrovert person I'm sociable I have a lot of friends and you know I can I, I have lots of people to go out with first like how do people other people meet you know people along the way so um I don't think people give uh, single people enough credit. I believe that dating can be filled with many traumas, okay? Like, I really do. And I don't think there's been enough studies even done into the effects of it. Like, if you're on, even if you're online dating, okay, and if everything works out and you're your best self and everything is great, you're putting yourself out there first of all, okay? It takes a lot to put together a profile, take your photographs and put yourself out there first of all. Like, hey, I'm single. Does anybody want to date me? Okay, it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you have to line up against the wall and everybody's picking the teams. Like, am I going to be the last person oh, no. standing? That's exactly it's, what it feels like. It is. It absolutely is. You're putting yourself out there. Like, it's raw. You are, like, just trying to figure life out. The next thing then, you're like, get talking to a guy. That's great. You think it's going nice. And then he, like, brings it down. Like, we'll say 
a dark avenue, a little lane down the side or whatever. You're just like, you know, wait a second, the conversation's not going that direction. Come back up here, come back up here, you know. Let's try and keep it all nice. I'm a lady, you know, you wouldn't speak to a lady like this. All these like little flirty things instead of saying, excuse me, don't speak to me like that. Like you, you have to try and be flirty and feminine and all this sort of thing, first of all. Second of all, then you can be having great fun with somebody and next thing, they just unmatch you. Delete, you're finished. Or that'll be fine. You know, that'll probably be a little bit easier because you haven't built up this rapport. But there's people then that end up talking for weeks on end and then they go meet somebody, they can be ghosted, they can be stood up, all these different things. Uh, there's just so much stuff. And you each time you have to pick yourself back up and you're like, yay, let's go. I'm my happiest, fun, feminine self. Let's go and do this yeah. again. And I love, I love this dating adventure. Let's go do it. It's exhausting. It is. And like a lot of people come to me when they're like, I just can't do it anymore. And you know, I get it. I absolutely get it. So I do. I have some rules for online dating that I say to people, look, you know, there, there's certain things that you have to do. So I would say like the person that you're going to meet, don't get too invested in that person until you've met them face to face and you can feel their energy. The reason being is a lot of people don't take into account when they are online dating pheromones and your natural hormones. Okay. So it doesn't matter how great a matchmaker I am. It doesn't matter how well you get on with this guy or girl on Tinder, on whatever app you're texting over and back. You can have the absolute banter and you can be like, this guy is going to be mega. And when I meet him, I can't wait. And vice versa with ladies and everything like that. But the thing is, none of it matters until you get into their energy. The reason being is when two people meet, you're sending off a signal to him. He's sending off a signal to you. And both of you are trying to figure out if you would be good to procreate together because your your body is trying to figure out who would be good for you to have babies with. And so they'd have a, like a diverse immune system and good genes and everything like that. So that's why sometimes when you go out dating or you can be talking to someone for ages, you meet with them. And next thing you're like, okay, wait a second this is not the person I thought he was going to be. And there's like no attraction. And then it's like, sometimes you meet someone and you're not supposed to fancy them. You're like, I just don't know what it is about that guy, but we have some sort of, some sort yeah. of connection. So it just happens, you know? Um, so yeah, it can be exhausting. Cause imagine now you've been talking to that person for three weeks and you're in their company three minutes and your natural pheromones and their natural pheromones are both talking to you. And both of them are like, this is not supposed to happen. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a devil for doing that, right? Like I, you know, really get into talking to somebody and then I kind of ignore like maybe other matches or whatever I might have online. And then I've definitely met people and been like, oh no, this is not, yeah. there's no like sexual chemistry or whatever you want to call it, the spark or as you're saying, the pheromones. Um, yeah. but it's, it's especially hard now with dating because I don't know, I just find guys aren't great with coming up with dating ideas because the pubs yeah. are closed. Um, yeah, and it's like you know we could do. And it you don't want to be the mammy, so yeah, you don't want to be the mammy, so you don't want to be like, okay, so these are all the lovely places I'd like to go to. Can we have something romantic and not just coffee? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. It is. It is tough. Um, people are, you know, like all these dating apps. Like, oh, people are talking for longer online and everything like that. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, get them offline, get them meeting. Yes, we just had a lockdown, but if people can try and meet up, I would say go for it, you know, um, and try and meet up as soon as possible. Even if it's just like social distancing walk or, you know, coffee and an ice cream and walk along on Leary Pier or 
um, Malahide Castle or Glendalough now so like obviously in public places obviously because safety but mm. um, and just as much as that sort of safety you have to consider yourself then as well for symptoms of COVID-19 and everything like that it is difficult at the moment Sorry. I don't think a lot of people really realise <clears throat> in like obviously there's much more people that are in need out there with COVID and you know people have lost their jobs and people have lost family members but there is another side to it in um people who are single we have lost um a way of meeting people and now it's so it's been going on so long now that it's like you really have to consider the risk factor every single time you consider meeting someone even just for a coffee um, and that kind of stuff and i know even my own friends who are in relationships would be like oh just meeting but then at the same sense they'd be like if I was coming to meet them, we'd have to cater in all the COVID facts. And I'm like, I can't just meet every guy that you you might have met pre-COVID to give them a chance. You kind of nearly need to weed them out, vet them a little bit more than you would have before. Absolutely. And like, who's responsible? And then you're kind of like the guy that says, oh, don't worry about that crack, you know, don't worry about the COVID thing. Like they're the ones you nearly have to oh, be yeah. more mindful of. It's the guy that's like, few of them, all right? <laughs> yeah, like it's the guy. That yeah, they just want to watch it. movies in their house, and they're totally yeah. clear, and they don't have COVID. And you're like, yeah, I need to worry about other diseases, probably then, hon. That's it. <laughs> and it's like, what you mean? You don't want to. Like I remember at the beginning of lockdown, some of my clients were contacting me, like, what are we going to do? And I said, well, look, I'm not going to send you on dates. It'd be irresponsible for me to do it at that time, you know. Uh, but um, there was like a lot of my clients were saying to me like guys are talking to us and uh, are talking to us and everything's fine but if we don't want to meet up like straight away they're like okay whatever and they're unmatched and you're blocked and they were like oh my god I've got how cutthroat you know online dating is but like we're also taking into consideration and this is something I would have talked to before like we're all talk about um, work-life balance and everything like that but people don't talk about work-life love balance and a lot of my clients were in a situation whereby they were already living at home on their own you know um, they're working they were going to the office so very often some of them work very hard so they were like Monday to Friday they might only see their colleagues in work and then they go home in the evening sometimes that'll be the last people they'll see where they go to a gym and stuff like that until they go to work the next morning um, and like, you know, a lot of them would spend a lot of their weekends either on their own or meeting up with friends at different stages and everything like that. So that's fine. But now all these people are now working from home. So they're on their home. They're living at home. They're working from home. They are don't have the opportunity to to do all these social things. And also then they are uh, like where where do you where where do you get the human interaction? Like for some people, like their social life there for months was going to the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. There's a lonely element to you know that everything that's happened that I think some people don't consider. As Nicola was saying, like people have been through a lot worse. But I think, I mean, I'm lucky I don't live on my own. But there were times I felt very lonely during lockdown because two of my uh, housemates got into relationships just before pre-COVID. So like, there's a lot of weekends where it's just me like in the house and you know it does make you pine for you know a companion and for someone to be there and like especially to support you through such a kind of hideous weird time you know yeah well you know like I work I I work from home and my roommates are both um, essential workers and so I'm at home probably from 8am until often 9 or 10 o'clock and by then sure I'm going to bed and you know you just kind of get 
you get quite lonely and I think it's sometimes at the start of the pandemic and the lockdown you didn't want to tell anyone you were lonely because everybody else's problems seemed so big and yeah. stuff. but then you kind of have to be a bit open about it because it is also affecting your mental health like people don't see that side of it they kind of forget that they think you're safe in your house so you're fine and but you're like well also yeah. I have to be safe in my head too Absolutely. Well, I think when we think about loneliness, we often think of older people living on their own. And absolutely, we should be thinking of them. But we don't think about single people and, you know, who looks after, you know, even who asks you, how was your day? Like the simplest things. Like that's what a lot of relationships is the best part of. You know, who looks after, you know, who asks you how your day was? Or even a simple hug, you know, human touch, which is so important to us. Um, like it's been proven that loneliness is detrimental to our health. Like it is worse for our health in some studies they say than smoking 10 cigarettes a day. Now we all know the warning signs that are on cigarettes and everything, but people don't realize the, the physical aspect of loneliness. They can like uh, increase rates of heart disease, depression, anxiety. You know, when you're in love with someone and they hug you, you do you realize that both of their, your heart and their heart synchronize with each other? Like love human contact relationships it's so important to life and loneliness is so dangerous for our health in the UK they have a minister to look after all like loneliness and like putting things in place and everything like that like it's so important so I totally get it um, having somebody even just send you a message in the morning saying good morning like what a lovely way to start your day with something knowing that somebody yeah. out there loves you enough that they would like to, they would like to say good morning to you or even just good night before you go to bed at night. So absolutely, it's those little things, it's the small things that really give the biggest impact so it is when it comes to relationships. Like it doesn't have to be all like fancy restaurants and private jets and everything like that. Just the small things. Like yeah. I get a lot of, well, I get a lot of hugely successful businessmen, businesswomen that are very wealthy, very successful, they have everything. On the outside appearance, they have everything. They arrive in their fancy suits and their big Jeeps and all the sort of things that go on. And at the end of the day, they're like, all I want is to have somebody in my life to share it with. Like we get a huge contract and it's worth a couple of million. And next thing I go home to an empty house and like, I couldn't even be bothered picking up a bottle of champagne or a bottle of wine because there's no point celebrating because I've known to celebrate with. That's loneliness. That is it there. That's the picture of it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are. It's 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 funny that it's like you would think you know someone with a great job and a good salary like that they'd have it all, but yeah. as you said at the end of the day it's that thing like you're saying someone to text and say how are you how's your day and you know good night really simple things yeah I do think that it's one of the things I miss the most yeah uh, about being in a relationship you know absolutely and I also as well like a lot of your listeners there will in a situation when they break up with someone like one of the huge things that we miss is the physical touch so often like if I meet somebody or if they say to me they've just broken up with someone I often say to them make sure you book in a massage or even a pedicure or something like that even physical touch makes such a difference like really physically we're supposed to get a minimum of eight hugs a day and they're supposed to last 20 seconds at least each that's the you know that is like kind of what's supposed to be like what you're supposed to get per day and like there's been a huge amount of studies about babies and hugs and babies that weren't hugged and everything and it's like it's the most heartbreaking study you'll ever read but it just shows the impact on just physical contact and touch to people so it is so for a lot of people 
the, all of those things together are just, you know, it is, it's a, it's a lonely time for people. And being single is, is very lonely, so it is. But, um, you know, the great thing is there are good people out there that are looking for love. And sometimes we kind of can get disheartened with love, but there are other people out there looking for you. Right, you're so positive. You, I was going to say that, you're so positive about the, um, the dating landscape out there. Is yeah. like, What would you, if someone came into you and um, sat down and said, listen, I want you to be my matchmaker, what are the kind of things that you ask them that you're, that you're looking for that you're going to try and match with somebody else? So I meet every single person in person, okay? So even people I would have had consultation with on Zoom and, you know, Messenger or, or on Facebook or FaceTime during lockdown, I actually met every single one of those since and have sent them out on dates since. Um, so I meet every single person, first of all. I ask them about themselves. Then I ask them about the type of person they would like to meet. Then I would talk to them about maybe their dating experience and maybe why they are single and why they feel that they would like to meet somebody. So try and find out, like, you know, what kind of what's going on in their life. And then I'd like, I kind of ask them, like, what are you looking for? Like, what is it that you're looking for? And um, I only take on people that are looking for long-term real love. There's enough other apps out there to, you know, to look for anything else you want in life. I just, that's kind of what I want, you know, for people is real long-term love. And so I don't take on anybody that isn't looking for that. Um, and like I have a good chat with them. I don't take on everybody and I am very clear that I don't take on everybody. There are other agencies and matchmakers and everything in Ireland that do take on everybody. But I just don't feel, I just don't feel that, that everybody is in the right place or um, are looking for the right things, you know, that other people are looking for. Also, I personally meet every single person in, in, in what I do. Um, so, I know who's on my books. I know who's actually on my books. I've asked them all the questions I need to ask them and everything like that. So I have a fair idea during a consultation whether or not how many matches I would have for you. Um, And then from there, I arrange all of their dates for them. So I give the person a call. Uh, I'll tell you about the person I'm hoping to set you up with. Then I'll ring the other person tell them about you and then from there we find in my mutual time and I book your date for you so I would say since lockdown lifted we'd say about six weeks I would say I've probably sent over 600 people on dates I would think wow, since then oh yeah it's been a big uptake since since lockdown it has yeah and like in fairness even during lockdown and everything like that I had I had like just lists and lists and lists of people that I wanted to match together and everything like that. And um, now I'm saying that some people return to work and they said to me, look, please don't come near me for a few weeks. Like I'm only back to work now and it's absolutely hectic. Yeah. Or some people have said to me, I'm still a little bit nervous about dating. Or some people have said they met people during lockdown. Naughty people, but anyway, they did it. <laughs> um, just shows love will always find a way, you know. Um, and then other people, um, you know, just want to take a break. They're maybe just, um, maybe lockdown wasn't great for them, you know, and they just said, I just need to take a little break. So, you know, they have made, it's, it, that happens along the way as well. But um, yeah, so from there then, I arrange the date, they go off and they have fun and just like, you know, it, it's a positive experience for everybody and they know that come back and we'll have a chat about it, see how you get on. If they get on, great, brilliant, uh, off on your merry way and let me, you know, and make sure you have your second date arranged and then go and enjoy yourself and look, they know I'm here in the background in case, because in fairness, sometimes things go a little bit cold. They can do in all relationships, you know, he might be busy at work or she might be, 
something might be said or something like that. So they know I'm always here for them if uh, if they want to come back. Also, what I find, um, and I, we don't really talk about this enough, is like a few weeks into a relationship, there's always a little bit of a freak out. Okay, uh, I don't know if anybody else really experienced this, but this is something that I noticed with myself with dating. Is like maybe three, four, five weeks into a relationship. It's kind of that point when you decide, I actually like this person, but you don't know them well enough and there's been no label put on it. So there's like a little bit of panic and like, when's he texting me and all this sort of thing. <laughs> I find you realize that guys do get this as well because like guys don't normally talk about all this stuff, but they talk to me about all this stuff. So I have a wealth of knowledge about all this sort of thing. <laughs> but there's a little freak out a few weeks in. Yeah. And I always kind of think to myself, so it's the three stages of love. The first stage being the romantic stage, but that's the whole chemistry side of things. And it's, um, you know, when all the lovely pheromones are bouncing around the place and sexual chemistry and will it, won't it happen tonight and all that sort of crap. The second stage then is the power struggle. So we're kind of transitioning from the romantic stage into the power struggle. So what happens is the rose-tinted glasses are kind of fading a little bit mm-hmm. and you've just started to notice, well, why am I always the one that has to do that extra little bit of driving? Or, you know, he's always late on a Wednesday evening when we go to meet or any of those little things. That's that kind of thing creeping in and it's like, is he the right person for me? But I do really like him and, you know, I just want to be perfect and all that stage. So at that stage, I always say to people, give me a call before it's gone too far, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, at least then we can have a chat and fix it or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, there's been a huge amount of success over the last few years, like um, babies, marriages, engagements, long term. Like, there's people then as well that have possibly never been on a date that will come to me and say, like, and I mean, you kind of think, you kind of think of these American movies where you're like, oh, the geeky guy that comes in, you know, with the plaster on his glasses and all this stuff. <laughs> Like, it's not. It's like normal people. Nobody taught you how to date. You know, yeah. like like we grew up, most of us grew up in like Catholic school, Ireland, you know, and yeah. um, like we had our underage discos and everybody thinks that everybody's having way more sex than them and all this sort of thing. You know, and if you don't kind of, if you haven't kissed someone by a certain stage, if you haven't done all these things by a certain stage, like it does get to a social kind of thing where you're like, oh, oh you create this fear and everything like that. Absolutely. So I I meet people from all levels of dating, people that have never been on a date to people that have been married two or three times. It, it's just endless. Like I never know who I'm going to meet. Yeah. I meet the most amazing people for all different reasons. Like sometimes people walk in, I'm like, wow, like, you know, um, how the hell is this person single? Sometimes I see a name coming in, Holly puts a, uh, something in my diary and I see a name coming in and I'm just like, is that that person from that radio show or that person from the TV or whatever? Like, and you know, she, like she'd be like, yeah, I, I thought that might be that person. All right. You know, so you've got celebs on the books. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. We've celebs. We have, um, politicians. They're, they're always just like, don't set me up with someone from a different political party. I'm like, Oh my God, this match is much hard. Enough. <laughs> uh, we have all sorts. Like, I mean, you would not believe the people that I meet the most amazing, amazing people. I was talking to, um, a detective out one night and he said I would say your phone it could, could just destroy this country that one phone you know <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like what sort of things do you think is going on and just sending people on dates but uh, yeah and I really don't think people realise the amount of people that come to me you know I think um, it's kind of like a little secret 
Yeah, are people kind of like embarrassed and shy when they kind of meet you for the first time? Like, are, are, are they confident or are they kind of a bit nervous about the matchmaking process? Some people are extremely nervous, men and women. Like, the most capable people as well can sometimes be extremely nervous. I'm like, they have nothing to be nervous about because I'm just literally having a cup of tea and a chat with them, you know? Um, and everyone always says to me, oh my God, thank you so much. I was so nervous before I came in. And I'm like... Well, first of all, you didn't seem nervous. And second of all, I'm not that scary. You know, it's very easy and simple. It's a lovely thing to do for yourself. You know, you decide you'd like to meet somebody. Let's go and do it. Let's go and meet somebody. Like, it can only be a fun adventure. There's good people out there. If you have an open mind and, you know, a sense of adventure about yourself, there's only good people that you can meet. Um, do you find that a lot of people maybe start off with a table for six aspect and then it doesn't that doesn't work out so they can come to you then? going okay well i i like what you, what you did pick for me but yeah so maybe you could do this separately. um a table for six was never matchmaking so people would apply for tickets online and um, the reason i set it up originally was because honestly i feel that most people are single just because they don't meet new people outside their own social circle so the odds of you finding love on any given day is one in 562 like the odds are so low if you look at 562 days and the amount of new people you meet during that time, it's very low. So if you look at most of the clients that came to me, honestly, they just didn't meet the right person. They maybe didn't meet enough people in their life or they missed opportunities because they were nervous or not so confident or didn't ask for that number and stuff like that. So a table for six was never going to be matchmaking. I made it very clear. It's not matchmaking. We set up your table. People answered questions and we set up the table based on the information they had provided. And like sometimes, sometimes we used to have magic tables where like there's six people on the table, there'd be three couples at the end of it. Like there'd be, there's couples married from us that, uh, there was two couples that got married from one table. Like that was crazy stuff. Oh. So it was. Yeah. So a lot of people would transition then to matchmaking. <clears throat> the problem with, um, not the problem, but the the success of a table for six is what I would say was so big that the waiting list has become just phenomenally long. So it has. Um, it just, mm. we can't organize them quick enough, you know. Um, but then see somebody just turn up for a table, like one person doesn't turn up for a table or something like that. The number is a little bit imbalanced and stuff. So it can be quite difficult to organize. I think people often think, sure, look, it's easy, you know, off you do just six, six, six people on the table. But all sorts of things can go on in the background when you're trying to coordinate six strangers, you know. Um, but uh, so a lot of people that did a table for six then came and did matchmaking. Um, now, personally, like I just think matchmaking is definitely the best thing because I obviously meet every single person. We arrange your date for you and off you go and it's great. Uh, also, the type of person that did a table for six, they were at all different stages of their dating adventure so some of them might just be recently single and want to get back out there and get a night out and like loads of different things and like I think as well we never talk about as well like guys can go out for a pint on their own or you know they have their mates and everything like that but like I saw myself down through the years like myself and my friend went away for a weekend there a few weeks ago and it's the first time we've been away together in seven years because she had three babies in that time so like basically we'd like every time she had a baby we'd wipe out a year plus a couple of months and everything like that. Um, and okay. so a lot of ladies that are single in their 30s would say, especially if their friends are in childbearing age and are having babies and everything like that, like their friends can just disappear for a few years and it's hard yeah. then to have someone to go out with and everything. So there's that aspect of it as well. So table six was absolutely great for that, but the matchmaking absolutely is, is the real deal, you know? 
Yeah, no. Yeah, because myself and Roshi looked at Table for Six at the start of this because we started this in January or February, pre obviously yeah. COVID. And yeah. um, the waiting list was really long. We were like, well, um, so we were kind of, everything we were trying, we noticed that there's definitely more women putting themselves out there than there is yeah. guys. So like, yeah. if it was speed dating or if it was... Um, you know, for six, it'd be like you might have a space for a man, whereas you wouldn't have mm-hmm. a space for a woman for quite a long time. What I would say to you is something like because I've, I, we did speed dating, we did a table for six, we did last year for Valentine's Day, we did a special uh, dating in the dark. So we had uh, completely dark blind dinner dates where people were put sitting in front of their person they, they couldn't see them for the first two courses and they got to take off their blindfolds for the third course which was phenomenal because we could see the chemistry of people sitting across the table from each other they don't even know what they look like you know so that was brilliant so anything to do with events or where guys are going to see other guys it can be quite difficult to get the same number of men the thing with the table for six was um it wasn't that we didn't get a huge amount of men. We just got a phenomenal number of women. We got a huge amount of men, but the women just came from everywhere. They just all, every single woman in the country kind of wants to do it because it's such a safe thing to do. You're not under pressure <laughs> or anything like that, you know, and you're having a nice girl night out. Also girls much prefer going for dinner and getting dressed up and everything like that. And um, people, so for the events and stuff, yes, you get way more guys. But for matchmaking, um, it's definitely a 50-50 split. Sometimes I would have a lot more men in my books um, around the times of like the after the plowing championships because we do things called the farmer wants a wife. Um, oh my God. Just, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just found that there was a lot of guys from farming community that wants to meet ladies. And then there'd be ladies that wants to meet farmers that maybe you know, come from a country background and everything. So after the plowing championships, I'd probably have a lot more men in my books than than women normally. Um, but And the reason being is the service is 100% confidential. So guys can way more comfortably come to me for matchmaking than they can for something like a table for six, especially mm-hmm. as well if they're like a business owner and maybe like employ a lot of people, they'd be afraid that they might meet like one of their staff members or one of their staff members' sisters or something like that. So at least with matchmaking, they can say to me, is that such and such a person? And, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, we'll say no more. We'll make that disappear and we'll send you out on the next date, you know? Um, For matchmaking, there is a lot more men, we'd say, because it is confidential. Yeah, that's really interesting. When when you are trying to matchmake two people or whatever, what is it that you're looking at? Is it that they have the same common interest or like they're from the same county or, you know, what is it that makes people a match I suppose there's a huge amount of factors people come as they are and like like it never surprises me how diverse people are like people are just so different every single person so there is it's probably like if I really thought about it before I started to do matchmaking I would have been like, oh my God, I didn't really think about this, you know. Um, like you're talking about life experiences, lifestyle, job, um, disposable income, living standards. You're talking about all these things. But the two biggest questions are the ones that I would consider the most important for uh, my clients is one, children and babies. Okay, so at what stage of this process they're at. A lot of people come to me in their 30s and 
you know, up to mid 40, we'll say, that really do want to have children. So they obviously, people that want to have kids, you put them with people that want to have children. Um, and not just for the sake of that, there's so many other factors, but it's that, that straight away that's going to make whether you go down this route or that route, you know, it's two different directions. Um, and another one that I think is so heavily weighted is smoking. Like, oh, yeah. if you smoke, really, there's so many people that are so against it. I mean, I, I was shocked. I don't smoke never smoked but I wouldn't be as strongly against it as some people that maybe have smoked and don't smoke anymore they're like so against it I think they're really afraid of going back to to smoking because they knew how difficult it was to give up or for whatever reason their parents when their parents died from it or something happened along the way those two things are hugely important and then if you kind of just that's why I meet every single person and even doing the zoom consultations during lockdown was completely different to actually meeting them face to face. And that's why I met every single person before I send them on a date. Because you can't have a, you have a like you can't be just matched based on, on the information that's on a page. You have to meet the person, you have to feel their energy, their pitch of voice, their facial expressions, you know, how nervous they are. But then things like, you know, do they really like to travel or have they never been outside the country? Um, are they an ambitious person or do they would they much prefer like, you know, nine to five, don't give me a promotion. I just want to do my this bit in my life and I'm very happy to do that. It, there's just so many things. It's really, I go on my gut on everything. There is no rule. It's more like a feeling, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. It's and full on feeling. Do many people like say, because we, we put up on our Instagram if anybody had any questions uh, for yourself. Yeah. And one thing that came in quite a lot from women mainly is if you have a date with somebody and it, it's good and you have a good time, but like maybe you don't have that like that spark or like that kind of feeling. Do you think that's kind of you should just leave it there or do you think it's worth giving a person a second chance I think your body and your gut will tell you, okay? So if it's a definite no, there's no point in meeting them again. It's nothing, there's no chemistry going to come out of anywhere. Sometimes uh, there's a definite yes, where straight away you're like, wow, I've just, I've met him, you know? It's a personal choice. I would say, what harm have you in meeting a person again? Like really, there's no harm in meeting them again. What have you got to lose? They could be the person of your dreams, perhaps. And I've, I've met people for a consultation and they have been, so chatty, so happy, great energy that you think to yourself, oh my God, wow. And they've been put in front of a girl or a guy and they have gotten so nervous that they're like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? And like, you know, the odd time then as well, very rarely, but the odd time you get a little bit of feedback back and you're like, that's so out of character for that person. And, you know, I'd say to them, do you mind if I discuss that with them? Because really that wasn't that definitely wouldn't have been my impression that I got with them. And then you'd ring that person and you'd say, how was your date? You'd chat to them and you'd say, look, I have a little bit of feedback for your mind. We might discuss it. And they might say, oh my God, wait till I tell you, you know? So if you're kind of on the fence, like absolutely go and meet them again. Sure, have a bit of crack, you know, go and see them. And maybe don't go for a three course dinner or a big, you know, thing, but maybe meet them for a coffee. Maybe say, hey, do you fancy getting an ice cream and going for a walk? why not? You've nothing to lose. You could be the person in your dreams. You just, something may have happened that day. We've all gone into a business meeting and been super prepared for it and hasn't gone the way it's supposed to go. We've all gone in for a job interview and come out gone, what the hell, gone in for an exam when we were in school and we thought we were fully prepared for it and come out and be like, what the hell just happened there? You know, so why not? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think sometimes it's worth, if it's a definite no, if you walk away from something being like, not a chance, yeah. then totally fair. But if you're on the fence, I think it's worth giving somebody another opportunity. Absolutely. Um, we did have a we did have another message from somebody on Instagram who said she's mm-hmm. thirty nine, and every guy she's met is saying, "Oh, I don't want anything serious." And she's like, "Regardless of age, but obviously you would think you would assume we meet somebody at thirty nine and they'd want something serious because yeah, you don't want no one wants the guy who's a playboy in his forties and fifties. No, there's some people that will never grow up. First of all, and like really, I'm I you know. <clears throat> there's some people that have contacted me and I haven't let them join matchmaking because they're not looking for a long-term real love. I think a lot when guys come to me, they're very clear on what they're looking for most of the time. When women come to me, they're like, yeah, well, it depends on who I meet. And yeah, I could do that. And it depends on who I meet and all this sort of thing. I think ladies need to get a lot more clear on what they want from life. And then just that's, you know, go for it. Go absolutely have your vision, visualize it, feel it, decide how you want to feel in your relationship, all of these things and have a clear image of what you'd like. Don't put a face on it. Like, you know, don't be fancying some guy and work and thinking and not making any moves. So if you are going to fancy a particular person, you have 30 days to ask them out or forget about them, you know. Um, But I think women need to get a lot clearer about what they want. So if you do want to meet somebody and you do want the long-term stuff, like, we're so conditioned by like Cosmopolitan magazine or, you know, all these like teenage magazines and everything like that to be like, Oh, don't you don't want to scare the guy away and everything like that. Yeah. That's grand. When you're like 21, you're not going to be saying, Hey, I want to get married and have babies. Cause every guy's going to be like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I am baby. But, um, I think when it comes to a particular age, so like any stage after 30, at least I would definitely be like, you know, I probably would like to meet my person. I would be open to meeting my person now. And at some stage, I would like to get married and have kids. And if they're like, well, I'm not looking for anything serious now. I say, well, look, I wish you the best in your adventure. And just keep moving on. You're not going to change that person. We all know somebody that tames the guy. But you're not going to tame him unless he's ready to be tamed. That's the guy that comes to me. I met so many guys that are like, you know what? I was a bit of a player down through the years and like my technique for dating now is not attracting the right type of person. Like I want to meet a nice lady now to settle down and have family and have kids with. And you're like, great. And uh, they were the exact guys that were saying for years, I don't want to, I don't want anything serious. I don't want anything serious. So if you do want something serious, absolutely be clear about what you want. Be clear in your own head, be clear, you know, um, and uh, you, that way you're not going to go too far wrong also you're not going to waste your time if they're telling you that's not what they want don't try and change them wish them the best and move on to the next person um, yeah you're probably right I mean because I, I think women we are particularly bad at saying what we want mm-hmm. uh, we often try to be like a bit more shy or bashful because like you're saying especially our generation like in our 30s we grew up like you're saying in all the magazines telling you how, you know don't say what you think and don't be honest but as you're saying as you get older you kind of have to be a bit more upfront and just let Absolutely. them go who you know aren't gonna absolutely and there's nothing sexier with, than a lady with boundaries like you know like, guys are attracted to girls that know where they're going yeah if you say to them look I'm not looking for babies yeah. here tomorrow but I do want to meet someone that's like tuned into it because like I want to like I'd love to go traveling with the person I'm with for a year before I settle down or I'd like to 
date them for a year or two, get to know them, and like, or not even a year or two. I'd like to get to know them properly and be able to date properly and have time for us before we do all those things. Like, that's a different conversation. Someone like, I'm not looking for something serious. When I hear I'm not looking for something serious, it's like, I'm just going to use you. Are you happy with that? No. Like, they actually just change the word oh, yeah. to There's... what they're asking for. And do you find people now are kind of like, are they more willing to bend? You know, the way like some, they might have been like, well, I can only date someone from Dublin because I live in Dublin or whatever. Like, are people more willing now to move or travel to meet people? Or like, are the farmers only interested in fellow farmers? Or like, you know, are people kind of rigid about what they're looking for in terms of like, obviously not in terms of relationship, but as in the person, where they're from, what they do, etc. I think backgrounds can be quite important. I tend to feel that there's Dublin and then Ireland. Okay, the rest of Ireland for dating. Bar someone is living <laughs> in Dublin. Yeah, no, in fairness, I do. I find it, which is crazy. But there's Dublin, then there's the rest of the country. Um, and the reason being is it's like the population, obviously, in Dublin, like has so many people that if you're working in Dublin, you're probably working in a job that you're under a bit of pressure and everything like that. You don't want to be like driving two hours down the country to go on a date and stuff, you know. But there's some people obviously as well that are living in Dublin that are originally from outside of Dublin, which is fine. And they might say to me, look, I'd like to either meet someone in Dublin or from near enough where I am from originally. Yes, with farmers, like I've dated a farmer myself. Like you have to be ready. Like I'm not from a farming background, but all of a sudden you're like, farming is not a job. Farming is a lifestyle. Farming is... You go off somewhere on a Sunday, but you have to be home by five o'clock because the cows have to be fed or something, you know, or you are like won't see him for a week because the silage is happening or um, it's calving season. And therefore, like you have to be around because there could be 10 cows born in one day. So like just don't be booking holidays that week. So there's all that sort of stuff. Um with farming now there's some women that are just like do you know what I just would love that that sounds like heaven to me absolutely there's ladies that were brought up in that background that's their old family thing or you know they might like to they may have not come from farm background but studied like science or veterinary and things like that and they'd like to get into it so there is no right or wrong answer I ask them all these questions of course during their consultation like would you be open to meeting someone like that if I felt that way in time but some people you know straight away oh god I'd never put the, this lady with the farmer and other people like yeah I would be open to meeting a farmer um, and then other people like outside there's some people that are like look I, my life is in Dublin I just want to live in Dublin there's people that are originally from outside of Dublin, they live in Dublin, like, no, I'm not coming back down to wherever, you know, um, I'm happy enough here. So look, everybody's different. That's the thing. There, the great thing about dating is there is no rules. The great thing about relationships is there is no rules. Your relationship can be whatever you want it to be once it suits both of you. But the thing is to know what you want. So at least that way, and I always say this to people, start as you mean to go on. At least if you know the relationship you want, or if you know how you want to feel in your relationship, at least then you can, you know, keep it within the boundaries when it's starting out. But if you kind of just go with the flow and start living his life or start living her life, um, the problem is you're not being true to yourself either. So it is important to think about these things before you meet somebody. It definitely made um, matchmaking sound a lot more attractive to me. I, I hate dating apps. I hate them. I'm the sort of person that I love that when I meet someone that you can kind of tell within a few minutes. Um, like if it's in a bar or it's in you know, true friends or whatever I like to be able to go within a couple of minutes I'm like oh I'm attracted to that person or mm-hmm. you know are they giving me vibes and stuff I can't get through that that through a phone and it, it just doesn't work for me um, so I was always nervous about doing something like matchmaking but I do think you've made it sound less scary 
unless I suppose for me I always thought matchmaking was like you've tried everything else and you know these are all these are all the people like you who haven't found love but maybe it's just the people like you who don't have the time or hate the apps that's it well like first of all what you're describing there is you like to be see somebody's chemistry before you know whether or not you like them so that's a natural thing that's a normal thing like dating apps are only around a handful of years so like the normal thing is to meet someone and it doesn't matter how well you get on as I was saying on apps you have to be in that person's energy to figure out their their pheromones your body's going to tell you whether or not you'd be a good match first of all Second of all, the only people that like dating apps are someone that's single about three weeks. So they're like, this is great fun. And they're swiping (laughs) left, right and center. Or your friend who's married for five years and thinks it's great crack to swipe on your Tinder. Let me play on your Tinder. Coming up for a week then. Yeah, no one knows what's (laughs) coming up for a week. So they're the really the only people that like online dating. I've never, like, when in fairness, I'm probably in the wrong market, we'll say, or the wrong group of people. People that come to me are like, I hate it, you know, I've had enough of this bullshit, you know. But um, look, the only, nobody likes it. It's not, not anything. But the great thing is, like, my whole thing with Love HQ is dating for people that have feelings. Uh, that's that's my tagline you know it is it's dating for people that have feelings dating for people as well that like you know have a career have a life want to meet someone without all the swiping without all the emotional energy being drained from them just literally meeting the person on a date and look it's not a disney fairy princess kind of movie um you know some people of the three dates you might meet one that you think oh my god this is absolutely amazing and he might not want to meet you again it could still happen you might meet another that you think perfect you might date for a couple of months see how you get on and you you know from there you might get married or you might come back to me and say look it just didn't work out but at least you dated for a couple of months and you've learned a lot along the way there's there's anything can happen um like sometimes and i think what people have to realize well I can set you up, but you still have to go on the date. So, you know, you need to still be your lovely self and, you know, things like that. What I would say to anybody that is single, right, um, probably the most useful information if you do go on a date is to try and build connection with somebody, though. A lot of people have what I would say kind of robot talk. So they're like, you know, where are you? Have you any holidays planned? Have you any brothers and sisters? Like pretty much what's your favorite color sort of stuff, you know, like <laughs> relevant stuff to fill this space and because we're so scared of these awkward silences okay so really what you're trying to do is build connection and there are the six characteristics that i talked about earlier so you're trying to establish if someone is kind like there's no point in being with someone unless they're a kind person and i don't just mean kind sometimes i mean consistently kind that they have kindness in them you know some that's kind some that's happy some that's healthy some that looks after their appearance someone that has good values and somebody that's free and available to date. And I don't just mean single, I mean ready to date, you know? So all of those things. And you're trying to establish that. So asking, really asking people questions. A great book to read is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, look, you can buy the book, but there's loads of different things online about about kind of building a connection and everything like that. But it's genuinely listening to somebody genuinely asking them questions about themselves, their lives or whatever they're talking about. Very often we ask questions or like when somebody's talking to us, we're thinking of the next question or we're going to add in our bit as well. So on a date, I really think you've been on a good date when they really know very little about you, but you know loads about them because you've done the right thing. You've asked them lots of questions and you've really built up the rapport and everything with them. So that's the 
that's the ideal thing, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have to say, you have made matchmaking sound. I was thinking of, you know, like List of Verna and like <laughs> lots of older red and like just gaggles of women. Like that's, I suppose, in my head, I think of matchmaking, but you've totally changed. It's definitely not like that. I'll tell you this weekend, I have so many people out on dates. Like we have couples going to Roberta's, Isabel's, um, the Ivy, like Piche. There's some like, you know, all different nice restaurants we send them to. We send some people for coffee and a walk around Malahide Castle, a walk out on the pier. Like it's not, um, it's not men and women all lined up. It's crack. You know, you're getting dressed up. You're going to meet someone that has similar interests and similar life experiences to you to see if you're going to spark a bit of romance. And like you do need a bit of crack and adventure to you to have the, what would you say, um, uh, kind of confidence to go and do that. Like people kind of think, oh my God, what if I don't like this? Never. But what if you fall in love with this person? There's so <laughs> many missed opportunities down through the years of people not asking for phone numbers and everything like that. Why oh. not just give us, give us a go? Like you, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you just spoke my life because we, myself and Roshni were away last uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I was chatting to this guy who I totally, totally fancied from instant. And then at the end, we just went separate ways. And I never thought of being like, what's your number? <laughs> or like, what is your name on Instagram even to say anything like that? And now I no. beat myself up for the days afterwards. I was just like, oh, I'm yeah. so dumb. But I've just been so out of the game for so long with the pandemic. I know. I can't even think of those things. I think when you're out and about, if you meet someone to actually ask them, are you married? That's the best question you can ask. Them, are you married? Because the follow-on from that is either yes or no. I'm going out with someone, or no. I'm single. Are you single? So you've just opened up that conversation. Um, yeah. Like there's a great thing on social media as well. They say, "Is there anybody though under the impression that they're in a relationship with you?" And I think it's a very funny <laughs> quote, though it is because it's like, "Oh my God, how many people have actually like it's one thing asking them are they single, but is there anybody under the impression that they're in a relationship with you?" I think it's very funny. But that is, I think you might have two new people on your books uh, by yeah, the end of this week. <laughs> welcome, ladies. Welcome, ladies. You're more than I welcome. Would, it sounds like it definitely sounds like something I'd be more into than I would happily delete all the apps and stuff. And I only still have them because it's a lockdown, it's, you know, whatever. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the apps. Like, kick in and out of them. So, what if you're like, you know, sitting there in a Friday evening, you're thinking, I have nothing to do for the weekend. Why not meet someone for a coffee tomorrow? You know, absolutely. What about it? You know, there's nothing wrong with the apps. I definitely don't say don't, you know, don't go down that line. Just try and meet people faster, build up a good connection with them. Like ask them, the, you know, questions like, what are you looking for? And stuff like that. Like do ask them those questions. Um, but, you know, it's not, hopefully the world will open up again. I'll tell you, the great thing is when, when everything comes good again and we're able to go out, I think people will be, well, I'm hoping people will be a lot more open because they'll be like, I'm afraid of another lockdown. Let's go. You want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I think you're right. I think people will be more kind of open um, maybe to meeting people when, when they haven't before. I think 100% anybody listening to this who might never have thought about matchmaking might be willing to give it a go. Uh, honestly, Marie, you've totally sold me on the whole idea. I'm like, brilliant. This is genius. <laughs> Why haven't we been doing it before? Um, but yeah, honestly, thank you so much for coming on and talk to, talking to us and answering all the questions. And I just think it's so interesting. And 
Uh, and the fact that you've had engagements, marriages, babies, like it's a testament, obviously, to yourself. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It's a great one. There if you. anyone married is th- listening to this and they are thinking of, um, you know, going to going, coming to you and, you know, male or female, what do they do? What do you, like, what is the stuff you need from them to just email? No, they, or, yeah, no, they just go onto my website, lovehq.ie. They can either inquire about the full service with us and just, just send us your details. Um, or they can also just straight book a consultation. I hold my consultations in Dublin, Galway, Cork, Limerick, Kilkenny and Mullingar. Consultations are €100 Euro. and, you know, from there I'll be able to advise them. Do I have someone for them? Do I not have someone for them? Like I suppose the important thing to say is I can't guarantee I'm going to find you love, but I can absolutely help along the way. Um, and, you know, there's nobody that has come to me that hasn't had a positive experience along the way, you know. And also, Marie, you seem like a super positive person as well. And I think that's, you know, I'd say when people meet you, like it gives them more confidence as well uh, in meeting somebody because you, I can just tell you're just such, you're, as you were saying, the energy and the positivity, uh, I think it's, I mean, you couldn't do the matchmaking without it, I suppose. No, you couldn't. And really, like what I would say is if you're dealing with such a delicate area, someone's heart, like it's not a business thing. It's a... Uh, it's a personable service. It's like I'm dealing with people after that. Everything else is just fluff, but it's people and their feelings. Like, And people are trusting you with your, their most raw experiences, like breakups they had, like people that maybe lost a husband or wife very young or throughout their life or, you know, all sorts of situations as to why they're single now. They may have been very ill for years. There's all sorts of stuff. You are dealing with people at their most you know, raw state with uh, with their biggest secrets. So absolutely, you know, it's, it's I'm blessed really to be given the opportunity to meet half these people, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. If anybody wants to check it out, it's lovehq.ie, is that right? That's it, that's us. So we'll leave it there for now. Thank you again, Marie. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And a pleasure to talk to you, ladies. Really you too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Until next time, Nicola. We we'll leave yes. it there. <laughs> we could, our next one could be us uh, speaking about our dates we've met at matchmaking. So that could be the next episode. <laughs> All right, till next time. Bye. Bye.